All right, good morning. This is interesting. We're going to use this mic because it'll be easier for us to make sure that we share the mic. So, but as we start off, I just wanted to say that it's like you try to figure out where to start because there's so many good details. I'm going to get rid of this one first for you guys that we just want to thank you guys for your depth of giving. Because this, from the Gospel Coalition, it, this is a, what I was, they said on their website that frequently churches support 10, 20, or 30 missionaries at a small monthly amount. Mission involvement for many churches is a mile wide and an inch deep. Making a broad impact is nice, but making a deep impact would result in a greater influence and glory to God. So we know that your guys is, it's not just wet or width, but it's depth. We, we have a heart for missions, and that's where we wanted to start this morning is thank you for having us. And we're excited that for everybody that's been involved this morning because we have a great team ahead of us. So we want to thank Mel and Becca for really correlating and working on some decorations and some extra emphasis with the kids and the youth. Um, Jackie's been working hard doing decorating and Nicole and Wendy have been working really hard on getting food put together for you guys too. So yes, we can't do it without technology. So thank you guys for everything. And like I told Pastor Lissa, it's and Pastor Jason just said, this is kind of one of those services that it's hard to do because you, when you think about a mission service, it is a missions pastor or the pastor coming up here and saying, hey, we got to get behind you guys. we got to get behind missions. we got to get this started. But that isn't the point So, because we've already there. So thank you for that. And with that note, we're excited to say that I was kind of surprised. This week we talked to Pastor Dennis Niles, the founding pastor of this church. And it made me realize that we ourselves are a missions church. Um, this is exactly what he sent us this week. And it made us really realize of you guys are a missions-based church. You guys were started because of missions. This is what Dennis said. He says, Joan and I founded Faith Assembly of God on Pentecost Sunday, May 1978, and we had 22 people in the first service. This was the home missions project of the year for the Iowa district. How cool is that? We're a mission project, and we, we continued it. How cool is that? And he said, in October 1978, we held our first missions convention, which was highlighted by a missions banquet at a community building in downtown Algona. In that convention, we received faith promises totaling $340 a month. We immediately began supporting missionaries at a rate of $25 a month. And I took the time to calculate that approximately, because obviously it's not going to be completely accurate, but $340 divided by, what, $25 is almost about 15, 14 to 15 missionaries right off the bat. That's first service, first offering. That's how they started. So I thought, wow, right from the get-go. Not just one, not just two, not maybe a handful, but a baker's dozen essentially. That's a great start. I thought that was very important to let you guys know that too. So that he also went on to say that our keynote speaker, who is here for that first service? Anybody remember the first service? Nobody. Okay, so this will be news to you guys then too. The keynote speaker for that event was the National Director of Home Missions from Springfield, Missouri, Reverend T.E. Gannon. That Sunday afternoon, he and I traveled about Algona when he asked me to stop at the northeast corner of the Kasuth County Fairgrounds. He told me this was the spot when he had once pulled his car over and prayed, Lord, give us an AG church in this town. He leaned over to me and said, you're an answer to that prayer. So I just want to emphasize and steal his thunder and say that you guys, 
your guys' mission giving, you're an answer to missionaries giving or missionaries' prayer. They struggle. It's hard. We've been there. Last summer, we went there and tried to raise funds. You guys are an answer to that prayer. So, I also, you know, like I told Pastor Alyssa this morning, she's an answer to this church. She's a product of this church, and it's mission giving. It's hard missions. She was raised up. She fell in love with ministry. She had a heart for missions. And though we're not there yet, that's still, that call is still here. So we're going to start off with some facts. Pastor Liz is going to share some facts that we got. These are also in your bulletin. They're in your bulletin, and they're also part of the decoration downstairs. So if you didn't happen to, you know, if you want to take a look at your bulletin, you absolutely can now. It's in, it's in color, so you get to see it pretty. <laughs> I know, right? All right, so this is vital stats from 2022. Because I wanted to know, you know, we serve a lot of missionaries, and they serve us, which is great, but I wanted to understand the global impact of this. And so I found this um, stats report that there are 1,857 career missionaries, and then there are 783 missionary associates. So career missionaries... And associates, so 2,640 total missionaries for the AG worldwide. I'm like, cool, I love that. That's great. It's nice to know that. Um, global working, like missions trips, short missions trips, um, individuals and groups. So the individuals, there are 1,525 individuals that did a short-term missions trip in 2022. And then a group went was 486. So that was a nice number for people to experience missions on a shorter basis than full-fledged. Now, let's not forget the missionary kids. They serve right along with the adults. This is how many we have that are preschool through high school. So quite the age range here. 1,228 children with their missionary families. Um, Those that are college through age 22... There are 253 of them that are missionary kids that are of the adult age. The outreach, the reach for the world right now is 252 countries that is being served right now with the AG. That means 53.7 million constituents, which I think that's like congregates, people that actually like you. You are constituents of Faith Church Algona. How about that? So that's worldwide, 53.7 million. So as the earth turned today, yesterday, for us, the other side of the world was having church. Now we're having church, so everybody got to have church in that one time. So there are 367,398 churches that have been planted and, and built. That's a big deal. And that number is growing every single day. So it's really hard to keep up with statistics on that. The ministries, like different ministries, boys, girls, men's, women's, children's, all that. 336,971 ministries. So that is awesome. And for the year of 2022, approximately, the giving for world missions for everything, this is not separated out, but this is everything, $232.7 million. Take a round of applause. 
So I think that's, that's awesome. That just oh, gets my heart pumping there. So, so. All right. So I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians 2, verses 15 through 17, if you want to follow along. If you don't, that's fine. All right. 15. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some, we are an aroma of death leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. And who is competent for this? No. Competent. Yeah, competent, sorry, for this. For we are not like the many who market God's message for profit. On the contrary, we speak with serenity, sincerity in Christ as, as from God and before God. So looking at this verse, Paul wrote this verse to the Corinthians, right? As we reflect on this verse from a pioneer missionary, it mirrors what some of our missionaries endure every day. For some of our missionaries, they serve in open countries. As, as at the end of this slideshow, we will have a list of all of our missionaries, but there's two or three of them that we can't share. Just for the simple fact that they're not, it's against law for them to be sharing about Jesus in their country. Imagine that, having to be underground preaching the gospel. But some of those missionaries, it's easy. It's easy as coming to church like this. They're planting it on good soil. Others, it's a hard soil. Hard to break through those decades and those centuries of religions. And So, some of them are facing persecution. Imagine that. Imagine living with that, you can say, a healthy fear of wondering if today's the day that the doors are going to pop open and you and your church are going to be totally annihilated and martyred for the kingdom. They're facing people and reaching people, groups of people that have never heard the name of Jesus. Imagine sowing that road. Having somebody come into you and tell you everything you've ever known for your whole life is wrong. That you've been chasing a false idol. Imagine breaking that road. Imagine being that foreigner that walks into a foreign country. And tells them this in a way that befriends them rather than condemns them. And then turns and sheds light on the love of God and opens their eyes to that. John Keith Faulkner, we found this quote this morning. My notes are a mess because I've started finding things and it's like I keep adding and taking away. But John Keith Faulkner, we found this this morning, was quoted to saying, I have but one candle of life to burn. And I'd rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. How amazing is that? Sometimes we take for granted the light that we have around us. Sometimes we feel like we're in the dark. And we do have dark moments in our everyday life. Right? But not complete darkness. You guys ever been there where you just, you cannot see your hand in front of your face? You know it's there. So, but we laugh about that, but that's how we find baby girl in the middle of the night. We find a pacifier that glows in the dark. So we can't see her. We know she's there because we see that pacifier right in the middle of the crib. So, but we ourselves may not be on a mission field, right? 
We may have not traveled across the country or across the globe, but we're on a mission field every day. And we, we as a church, we have to live like we're on a mission. We got to live and work and do whatever we do to, as a, though we're doing it on a mission. When we look at everything we do, whether work, home, school, or play, as an act of worship and an opportunity to share the light of God in the place we are, we are missionaries, and we can and could make a difference if we would let it. Paul, in another letter, wrote this in Romans. Got it? Romans, verse 12. One, two, right? Yes. All right, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not, conf- do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may, be, may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So I looked at that verse, too, in different translations. And it's not word for word, but the Message Bible puts it in everyday language for us. And that's, this is how it says it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So what can we do? What do we do every day? We do what we tell the kids every month in BGMC, don't we? We tell them the three steps that they tell us in BGMC. So we can pray, we can give, and we can go. So we can pray. You guys can pray for these missionaries. If you can't give, you can pray, right? Sometimes we can break down bigger strongholds than a financial. And sometimes the strongholds they face are bigger than the financial. Pray for them. They need that. Okay? Yes, let's look at that slide. Sorry. Oh. Did I miss something? I did. So, sorry. We actually, do we want to do the video then? If the video works, this is our... Sorry, I missed that too, sorry. We have a video from our World Missions Director, Greg Mundus. And this is his State of the Union for missions this year. If it works, we can work it. If not... Today... More people on planet Earth are living in spiritually dark and unreached areas than ever before in human history. But AGWM is poised to reach them at this critical juncture. Of the billions that are spiritually lost in our world, 3.3 billion of them are unreached. They are without adequate witness of the gospel in their communities. Think of it. No church, no Bible, no Christian witness. We cannot and will not ignore these realities. In my travels, I've seen firsthand the spiritual lostness of Hindus and Buddhists. 
Everywhere I looked, people circled temples, rubbed beads, chanted, and spun prayer wheels on a hopeless quest to earn merit and obtain enlightenment. Oppressed by evil spirits and religious tradition, most lack any knowledge of Christ. In the next five years, we will prioritize 150 new workers to go to the Buddhist and Hindu worlds, 50,000 prayer partners. We must do spiritual battle to pierce thousands of years of darkness with the light of the gospel. Finances for both global workers and new believers to build this church among Hindu and Buddhists. We are committed to extending the hope of Christ to Buddhist and Hindu peoples wherever they may be. Will you partner with us as an intercessor, praying to the Lord of the Harvest to send laborers to the Buddhist and Hindu peoples? Will you consider giving toward reaching them? Is there a call of God on your life to go? Perhaps you know people wrestling with God's call on their life for missions. Let them know they are needed because Jesus is worthy. Let's believe together that we will see spiritual breakthroughs in these next five years as the seed of the gospel takes root in the hearts of thousands of Buddhists and Hindu peoples. So, if anybody of you, if some of you don't recognize him, he's, as we said, our world missions director, and he's a walking miracle, too. He went through a long battle during COVID, and they never expected him to live. He's a walking miracle, so we can see that, that God's at work in his life and what he, in his leadership for us, that he's got a heart after God, and he's a great leader for us. So, and again, what he just said, pray, give, go, didn't he? Do you hear that again at the end of that? So, pray for our missionaries. So? Oh. Interesting. They look so excited. You guys ready to go down? Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. We will have the kids line up with Miss Melling, Miss Candy. I looked at them a hundred times too and didn't even put the two and two together. They're so quiet, I didn't even know they were in here. So, but it's exciting to celebrate those kids because those kids and those youth are doing amazing things for BGMC and Speedlight, which we'll get into in a bit. But as we started off saying pray, pray for those essential. Those missionaries cannot go out in the field without being prayed up. And when they're too tired to pray up, then we can be holding them up in prayer. So prayer is essential in the life of us, but in the life of our missionaries. Carl, to pray for the needs of all over the world. So pray for a spiritual breakthrough. Right? We can do all that pre-work for them in prayer. That that soil will be soft and pliable and ready for seeds to be sown. But think about our missionaries. Pray for them when they're home. Pray that they find the rest and refreshment. Because it's a gauntlet when they come back. As me and Pastor Alyssa learned last year when we were on itineration, it's not all fun and games for them when they're back in the, on the state side. They come back, they get a little bit of rest, and then they hit the ground running again because if they don't get on the ground running, 
they never will get back out on the field. So pray for their refreshment when they're home and on furlough and itinerating for the next term. Secondly, what can we do? After we pray for them, we give. Give of our time, our talent, our finances. Give in his worship and surrender to ourselves to God. Right? Be praying. Give of our time. Pastor Alyssa talked to me about this this morning, about giving our time, about being more time in prayer. We can all be praying. But it takes us to giving up something. We talked about a media fast. Because how easy it is to get on our phone for something on purpose and then realize 45 minutes later that we just, where the 45 minutes go, we, we're going to get on for five minutes with something on purpose. And then 45 minutes later, the time's up and it's like, oh, i got to go on to my next task. So give of our time. Give of our finances selflessly and sacrificially. The giving we can give to them impales in comparison to what they sacrifice. Think about that. What our missionaries give up. They sacrifice to go to the ends of the world for the gospel. And they don't just give up the comfort of a nice church or the pew. Or a nice home to come home to. Think about the ones that miss family funerals. They miss weddings. Family milestones. They give the security and comfort of living in America. Most of them are sometimes, they all give up, they give up everything for the gospel. Give them the encouragement and support when they're here. If you're on their newsletters or on their Facebooks, encourage them. That doesn't cost us anything. Give them a word, give them an encouragement, give them a pat on the back, a hug when they're here. Love on them, love on their kids. As we stated there, how many missionary kids. It's hard for those kids. How many kids would like to just be uprooted by mom and dad and say, we're going to go to another country? Right? They give up a lot. So, so if you have connection to missionaries, speak life into them. Speak life and truth into their souls. And third, we can all go. Every day we go, don't we? We all have our mission field. When we think of the mission field, we think of it across the globe. But we can go. Right? So go into our homes, our schools, our businesses, our workplaces. We don't have to preach the gospel. But they can see it in us. How we act, how we respond. How does our response or our reaction to something display the gospel? Sometimes our silent witness does more than our verbal. So let everything we do be an offering to God. Pray for God's lead. Because you know what? Sometimes maybe he will call you. We talk about all the time in BGMC and speed the light of how many kids are called into missions over a service, a BGMC service or a speed the light service. These kids are called at a young age. Pastor Alyssa was called at a young age. Okay? Whatever we do, wherever we are, offer it all to him. So that we're going to take now, before we get into more BGMC and speed the light, we're going to look at our heroes. Our current missionaries that we're serving, that we're coming alongside and backing. Pastor Lewis, you want to read them off or you want me to? I don't care. We'll go back. <laughs> Get the hard names out This one's not an easy name here. <laughs> These are the newest missionaries, the Nathaniel and... I'm going to butcher that. Thank you. Janae Molen, right? They started serving with us this year. We took them on, and so they're the newest missionaries that we are supporting. French Polynesia. Now we're getting quizzed. 
We have Lloyd and Kelly Cogdale serving since 2016. They're in Mexico. Go to the next one, please. Thank you. Jake and Vanessa Johnson are serving in Botswana. They are the, doing um, like a Chi Alpha with the college age. They've been doing that since 2016. Going back to the other one now? No, the other one I forgot and needed to remove because there are some missionaries that we are um, supporting that we can't publicly talk about them because we've got to keep them safe. And I kind of forgot that one. <laughs> so... So Edmund and Linda Schlock, serving since 2012, Ukraine. This is good. <laughs> this is like Bible Jeopardy or missionary Jeopardy up here. It's like, did you do that on purpose, not putting their countries on the bottom? No. You just thought about it, huh? Well, All right. Sa- Sandy Jo Poe, she is stateside now doing U.S. missions, but we've been having her with us since 2012. She's been in ministry longer than that, but as a missionary, that's when she started being in missions. She's one that lost her spouse, and God just put her into a new season, and that's what she's doing now is serving God as a missionary stateside right now. All right, our next one that we're... Bob and Barb Van Wyke, very familiar face for us here. So they're serving in Botswana, and they've been serving since 2011. But they, you guys are very familiar with them. These are another new that we've just taken on. They've been serving since 2011. Jason and Lindsay Goldsberry. This one, I don't know where they are. Chile. Chile or Chile? <laughs> Chile. Okay, thank, thank you. That was a new one that I usually memorize them and get to know them. But some of these new ones, it's hard to keep track because the French Polynesia was hard for me. So, next one. Timothy and Doris Eckert serving since 2006, and they are in? They're, they're stateside, but he still they still do missions work with Asia's little ones. It's mine? Oh, my, okay. Paul and Christy Robinson. They, they've been serving since 2004. They're another one that we just, just started taking on as missionaries as well. They are in... Colombia, and they are doing missions work with the police officers in that area. So that's what they do. All right, our next one's Kent and Judy Anderson, serving since 2004. No. Rural Compassion. Some of these are organizations and not countries. So Kent and Judy are serving with Rural Compassion. And Rural Compassion, because I know you're thinking, what is that? That is... In the United States, there are areas, and we've probably seen them all the time, that are low-income, poor, just difficult. They come in, and they're essentially like a convoy of hope, more localized for the, the communities. They'll do hygiene products, backpacks, shoes. We've done that for the back-to-school bash. We utilized that ministry for that, and we were able to be blessed by them giving those to us. At a, good, at a decent price, because we know how much that stuff can cost. But that's the kind of ministry that Rural Compassion does. All right. The next one, Santiago Guerrero, serving since 2003. They're the occult ministries. This is Nick and Olivia Puccini. 
They are also products of missionaries because another missionary couple that we um, support, this is their daughter. So they they are in Estonia, E-S-T-O-N-I-A, Estonia. All right, next one. Roger and Debbie Ardorf. They're they're in San Antonio still. Yep, this is a stateside missionary. This is Agora Ministries, yeah. Okay, I'm going to butcher this one too. David and Kendra Millsaps. And I should know where they are, but refresh me. Ooh, I'm making them think too. Yeah, but we've been... Lithuania, thank you. My brain was not connecting the dots on that one. So that they've been serving since 1996. So we're getting in some getting into some decades here. Kevin and Cindy Elder serving since 1995. So they're a veteran missionary. Think about that. They've been in Colombia but 25 years missionary. So praise God for those. They're Stuart and Jeannie German. They were in, oh gosh, I'm going to, Indonesia, Philippines, thank you. Why did I think Indonesia? Philippines. I always thought it was funny that their last name is German, but yet they went to the Philippines, not Germany or something. But they've been serving since 1991. They are stateside right now doing um, missions on that side. Stuart has had some health issues, but by the grace of God, he was able to beat cancer. So that's a praise God moment there. And so they've been doing work here. States that I have a whole messaging thing that he told me about it, but he's, they are stateside now, but they are still serving. All right. Our next one's Rich and Diana Lang serving since 91. My mind went blank. They're, they're church planting. Yes, they're church planting. They're... They do a church, what's it called? Go, uh, coaching, church coaching. They, they go to churches and they help revitalize them that are struggling and having issues need to be helped along the way. They, they strengthen the leadership so that the church can grow stronger. And they were missionaries overseas, but now they are stateside. But they also, Lindsay, Janelle, correct me if I'm wrong, they are a product of this church as well. They were youth. They were youth pastors at this church. Yeah, when when Pastor Niles was here, so they we have we we've had feelers go out. So it's not just a lot of people coming in to us saying, "Hey, let's be part of your family." Our family has gone out. So I wanted to make sure I said that for those of you that have no idea who they are, because I know a few of you might, but I know several of you don't. So. All right, the next ones. All right. So the question for us is, we'll just stay on this slide, but think about where we're going, where you're going. So, now to shed some light on Speed Light and BGMC. That's our world missions. That's our adult missions program, what we got going there. They got some great things going. Um, Speed Light, we get a little bit more, or a lot less information on them than we did BGMC. But, simply put, the concept is simple for Speed Light. We give so others can speed the light of the gospel in a world of darkness. This is accomplished by providing the essential transportation and creative communication equipment for missionary evangelism through modern transportation, radio, television, print, and audio and digital equipment. Our missionaries can help make Jesus known. It began in 1944, so it's got quite a history there. 
So after Ralph Harris, then the head of National Youth Ministries Department, prayed for a way to give Assemblies of God students the opportunity to help. We guys sometimes just wonder, how can I help? That's what Ralph Harris did is came alongside and developed this for the youth of our churches to help. Nearly 75 years later, Speedlight is one of the most effective youth ministries in the existence. Since its beginning, ready for this youth? How much do you guys think you've raised since the beginning? $300 million has been raised by students for Speedlight. Teenagers for missionary equipment around the world. How cool is that? Speedlight operates with that simple principle. All assistance must go to purchase equipment directly related to evangelism. So, what do you guys buy with your Speedlight money? Airplanes, cars, vans, motorcycles, bicycles, trucks, buses, boats. They even get horses and camels. What did I miss? Donkeys? What about the wheelbarrows? The one thing I wanted you to make extra point of saying is that, was this. All right, let's see where it was. The speed light operates with one guiding principle. All assistance must go to purchasing equipment directly related to evangelism. So every single dollar, every single dollar, nothing goes to operating costs. Everything goes into the pot for speed light and literally goes out to what the missionaries need. The operating costs, all that stuff that an organization needs to function, that's separate. All the monies that you raise each month and throughout the year, it literally goes where you, we say it's going to go. There's not a percentage to cut out of it. It's 100%. I want to make sure you knew that. All right? 100% of what we give goes to where it's supposed to go. So basically, if it has wheels or hooves and can carry a missionary to a city, country, village, or under a cardboard box where someone's waiting to hear about Jesus, Speed the Lights provided it. So simply put, we can put, we give so our missionaries can travel faster, preach clearer, and be heard louder in order for all to know Jesus. That's what our youth are doing. Amazing things. So that leaves BGMC then, doesn't it? That's where we got a lot of information that you got to weed through because it has quite a history as well. But simply put, BGMC is the missions education program for all kids in the Assemblies of God. It stands for Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge because we challenge our kids to give, right? Because they can do it. We've seen them do amazing things. We challenge them to sacrificially give to missions. We challenge them to help the needy in the world. Challenge them to pray for our missionaries and for praying for various people groups. So it has a twofold purpose, to reach the children of the world and then to stir the heart of compassion in our kids. In 1949, someone in the National Sunday School Department said something sensational in this. They said if children are to grow up to be adults concerned about missions, then they must be taught about missions in their formative years. Right? So in October 1949, the BGMC program was launched because of the need. The need which missionaries all over the world had for literature that could be used for distribution, for translation, for study material. Another need was the disposal of the backdated literature. So basically, like I told Pastor this morning, I was really going to put Rose on the spot. Because we have a little pink car stroller, and I was going to let her be our little missionary. But the kids, 
or the youth, they take our missionary, you adults, take our little missionary, and our youth provide a vehicle or some type of transportation. And then our kids come along beside the adults, and they come alongside the youth, and they pack that vehicle full of stuff that these missionaries are going to be able to use. How cool is that? We work together. So it's not just, they're not just three separate organizations that do their own thing. They partner with each other and they're building great relationships and it starts young. So some facts about BGMC, another one. First BGMC offering was received in 1949. How big do you think that first offering was? $9.35. Right? That's where it started. Little. How cool is that? The first year, though, this first year, they raised over $1,290. $1,290 was raised for BGMC the first year. We'll get into what they're doing these days in a little bit. But the only restriction that BGMC places, just like speed light, everything goes to those vehicles or how to get them. But BGMC places that the items have to do with evangelism or discipleship. So it provides whatever a missionary needs, where they need it, and when they need it. Many missionaries, as we've talked to some of them, have, would be at a loss without BGMC. So BGMC not only helps local or individual missionaries, but it also helps fund various mission organizations. Global University is one that they help. Formerly, a, a, or that's where actually ISOM comes from, or School of Ministry. That's where the books come from. Um, it's Center for Muslim Ministry, Healthcare Ministries. How many of you guys have heard of Teen Challenge? Right? BGMC helps those. Colfax, Iowa. It's not just across the globe that you guys are helping provide things. It's here and now. So BGMC also provides supplies for that. Our Chi Alpha groups are being benefited by BGMC and Speed Light. And I wasn't aware of this too, but it says a percentage of BGMC funds are given back to home districts as well for home mission projects. Back to what we said. What were we a project of? This church, home missions. Got a lot of extra details, don't we? But this is just amazing, you know, that by 1990, BGMC reached the $20 million mark given. In 2001, they reached the 50 million. 2009, they celebrated 60 years. 2010, $100 million they had raised collectively. 2018, they reached a $150 million mark. It's a lot of coins. It'd be a lot of pennies. It'd be fun to see $150 million worth of pennies in one spot. But in 2019, we celebrated 70, the 70th anniversary of Buddy Barrel and of BGMC. So we are doing amazing things. We as a church have done amazing things. We as a church and whole, as an assembly of God, have done amazing things. Our missionaries are doing something amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start wrapping up. But in your bulletins this morning, there was a faith promise card. I have it right there. So I want you guys to be thinking about, at the end, if you're ready, and you know what you've been praying about and what you and your family 
have been wanting to, has God's laid on your heart for giving? We're going to collect those. But also this week, be praying with your kids and your youth, what they want to do for individual goals. But we'll take it at the end here. We'll go ahead and collect these if you're ready to pick those up. But I don't know if any of the youth have heard. I think this was at a youth convention, so they probably haven't shared it. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and, as the ushers, yeah, we'll get the ushers ready to go to collect those. But in that, I'm going to share the story of the 57 cents. This is a story that I heard. It's talking about Temple University. It was, yeah, and Temple Baptist Church. This was shared at youth convention at a speed light service. Gosh, this has probably been 10 years ago or something. So that's why it sticks in my head. But it says, a sad little girl stood outside a small church one Sunday morning. Her name was Haiti May Wyatt. She wanted to walk inside the church to sing the songs, to learn about God and worship Jesus. But she was afraid. She was alone. Her clothes were shabby and unkept. And she had no ticket. This church was often so crowded that admission tickets were handed out prior to the services to avoid overpopulation. New facilities were desperately needed, and little Haiti was afraid of getting lost in the shuffle of the people. Worse yet, she was afraid of being turned away. Reverend Conwell happened to walk by the front gate where Haiti was standing. He took compassion on her, lifted her up on his shoulder, and carried the little girl into the church. Through the crowd of foyer, he found a small corner for her in the Sunday school room. Hattie gave him the hug of a comforted and happy child. This embrace would be etched in his mind for a lifetime. A short time later, Hattie became ill and died. Her parents sought out the kind-hearted pastor who had befriended their daughter. At the funeral, her mother handed Reverend Conwell a small purse, Hattie's purse, and it contained 57 cents. Her mother told him tearfully that Hattie had been saving up her money to help build a bigger church, big enough for all the children. The pastor was deeply moved. He gratefully accepted the little girl's contribution. He later shared the story with the church congregation. Each of Hattie's 57 pennies were auctioned off. Church members made donations. Checks came in from far and wide, and Hattie May Wyatt's unselfish love had paid large dividends. Some of the members formed what they called the Wyatt's Might Society, in which they they were dedicated to making little Haiti May's 57 cents grow. The amount of money raised through these efforts was a sizable investment towards the purchase of a new property. 54 of Hades, Hattie's original pennies were in time donated back to the church where they were put on display and can be seen to this day. The next time you're in Philadelphia, look up Temple Baptist Church with a present seating capacity of 3,300 and be sure to visit, visit Temple University in addition to the Good Samaritan Hospital, both of which also claim their origin from the fruits of Temple Baptist Church property purchased in, from the seed money of Hattie Mays. 57 cents. Okay, so we'll go ahead and have our ushers come forward then. Oh. Those of you that still need a faith promise card, please raise your hand. The ushers have them, and they want to make sure that you get one if you need one. They were in the bulletin, but just want to make sure that if you don't have one and need one, we have plenty. Oh, got a hand. I feel like I'm doing BGMC offering. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's pray and then we will collect those. God, we just thank you for what you're doing. 
what you've done, what you are doing, what you're going to do in the lives of our kids, our youth, and our adults in these mission programs that you've put before us as our Assemblies of God. Father, we just ask that you'd take the little donations that we give that seem so big and so small to us and just use it for your glory, Father, that you just speed your light around the world, that you just equip these missionaries with the material, the literature that they need, and just empower these missionaries to go where we may never go, Father, to share your gospel to those that may have never heard your word, Father. We just pray that you give provision, give seed to the sower as we just provide for these missionaries and just empower them to do what you've called them to do, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing in us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so as they collect those, we just want to encourage you guys. Church, sevenfold youth, faith kids, do something great this year for missions. It isn't about getting the plaques. As cool as it is to go to youth convention or go to kids' conference and get plaques, it's not about the rewards or the prize, is it? It's about getting the prize, Jesus Christ, into every country, every city, every village, every community, every neighborhood, every home, every family, every individual, and into the hearts of all. It's about going where the gospel has never been heard before and going every day with a mission to bring Christ into our own little world. It's about making him known as we pray, give, and go. And as Mark Batterson once said, go after something so big that it's bound to fail unless God intervenes. So, we love you, Faith Church. Youth, we know that we believe in you guys too. We've seen you guys do amazing things. We've seen your sacrificial giving and believe God will empower, equip, and give you opportunities to pray, give, and to go one day. Faith kids, your hearts for mission is evident as well, and we can't wait to help you reach your goals. Let this year be our best year yet for missions. We can do what can you do in your everyday, ordinary lives to do something extraordinary for God. Mike Stanchura is quoted saying, the mark of a great church is not in its seating capacity, but it's in its sending capacity. So, as always, if you have ideas, come talk to us. With that, we'll pray. Join us downstairs.